Welcome to a Finley's on Film Zombie Apocalypse Edition. Oh my God! Insanely, <laughs> I'm insanely sick. I'm always sick because I'm a teacher, but I'm insanely sick. Oh, dude, I swear to God, I don't, I don't actually know what a sump is, but the word sounds like what you look like this morning, my friend. <laughs> I don't it, look much better. So as in like a sump pump, or I feel like like a sump, sludge? yeah, like a sump pump, <laughs> like this, just the word sump, uh, you know, like that yeah. sound. You, you you bear a striking resemblance there, I'm and I don't. Not in good shape. I'm today. not claiming to be much better. I am no, but you're consistently bad. This uh, is more of a shock to people. Yes, absolutely. So Joe is uh, Joe's got crackers lined up on his desk to eat into your ear. So this is great. <laughs> I, I just care. hope, that, honestly, if you guys could walk away from this, that might be a good idea. So you don't get whatever Joe's fucking got right now. Yeah, you know, I never really understood on uh, radio like people who like the cough button concept. That's a that's I think people most of the people who are in charge of radio and I know this is a podcast but it's the same general concept are not it's a pretend radio station yeah I guess they don't really understand like they have a cough button right hmm. so it's like in case you cough you can hit it and it'll, it'll mask that you cough but wow. it's like that like nothing would please me more than to turn on the radio and you ever like see a news anchor who's having a coughing fit and they can't quite. There's, sure. There's yeah. a great one where the um, this uh, reporter shit her pants on live TV. You see that one? <laughs> no. And she's wearing white pants. Oh, and she Lord. has to walk away and she's sort of like holding a, 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 a tiny hand over this huge Hershey stain in the back. Sorry. Oh, anyway, no. it's our Walter Matthau episode. I was thinking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no connection. That was a Jay Leno transition. <laughs> what the fuck? You know what else are in the news? This is the weirdest transition in the history of our podcast. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking about uh, Uncle Harry the other day. That's another transition. Okay. We had a great Uncle Harry who died in 1994. It's hard to, to wrap my head around him having been gone that long. Not to sound like an old fuck, but yeah, it's... well, he was like I was telling um, a friend of mine last night something about him, and that's you could bring. Like uh, the array of of women I brought around to meet, like the family, including Un- Uncle Harry, uh, included like um, some very sort of like um, awkward um, feminists, mm-hmm. right? And the most sort of, and by awkward feminists, I mean like anytime you have an ideology but you're not comfortable with it yet, it's just like a banner all yeah. the time. So, so the most sort of vocal feminist I would bring around, Harry would. Oh my dear, what a tomato! And 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 grab her hand and give her a little smooch on the hand, and she would. Oh, <laughs> pleased to yeah. meet you too. Yeah. He could get away with anything, and and he would walk down the streets of San Francisco, na, 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 and um, <laughs> you couldn't go more than two blocks, whether it was like the somebody. mayor's assistant or a homeless person. <laughs> hey, Harry. Yeah, yeah. How are you? He just he smoked a pipe. He, he was had, like, crazily charming. Crazy. Charm, charming is the only real word for it. You the know? third wife who divorced him, well, gave me some- <laughs> who who was hot because she was like I think so he, Shannon. Shannon. Yeah. She, I think she was thirty five and he was seventy or something like that when they mm-hmm. married or maybe sixty five. Yeah. She actually died before him. He yes. outlived her. Yep. Yep. Um and yeah, he was a great, great guy. He was such a great dude. He was like the he was like the best possible uncle. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, as uncles go, he was so good at it. He, he was, was good. It was, ter- was a terrible father, apparently. Oh yeah. <laughs> from yeah, from yeah. all accounts. No, terrible. But a father. wonderful uncle and um and just just knocking them boots with the ladies. He just, uh, yes. just, oh. a, just a monster uh, of the, the monster of that midway, you know what I mean? Yes. He took way. me on a road trip in uh 
four, between seventh and eighth grade this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, he took me on a road trip because, and this is, I remember him saying this, and to this day I'm like, yeah, this might be mythology, but he'd won in some sort of card game or something, he'd won some property <laughs> and in Nevada, but he, but this is pre-internet, so he wanted to go find it, mm. see what it looked like. Mm-hmm. So he took me of on. Of course, a, I didn't want to just Nevada, so I have a good idea what it looks like. Yeah, right. We finally found it, but he took me on like a you know those those um, the the path that Bugs Bunny takes anywhere on a map, mm-hmm. just like this curly Q path all over Nevada. <laughs> you bonk into a city in the Midwest and take a left suddenly. Yeah, the Albuquerque, <laughs> and uh, and into Utah, and, and he would let me do anything. He would let me just go off in the uh, middle of the night to a casino. The only thing he wouldn't let me do the entire trip was watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High on HBO. I don't know why. It's so arbitrary. But uh, but he was a great guy. And he reminds me of... Um, sorry, what? No, like, I'm just trying to figure out what his reasoning for that would be. I don't know. Oh, because there was a scene where um, it, Jennifer well, Jason Lee is in the dugout with a guy from the, the uh, radio store, from the, the um, like Circuit mm-hmm. City. And he go, they're, they're in a dugout. And he goes, uh, are you going to let me get to... Um, whatever home base or a home run, <laughs> and he starts to slide his hand up her skirt, and mm-hmm. Harry's like, "Well, that's enough of that," you know. Hmm. It was weird because he would let me do anything I wanted. Right. Anyway, so there's lots of stories. Now, you probably watched it you. when you were asleep. It probably watched me when I was asleep. Uh, oh, Harry, come on, you. Now. Yeah, this always. By the way, you, you've you talked about this to me many times. It's always sound like a like Harry got paid to put a hit on you, but he just didn't get paid quite enough. He's so he too lazy. <laughs> I would do anything. I mean, we were in Heartland, Nevada, and I I uh, just I'll just quickly tell the story. I I went out to a casino. Like mm-hmm. I, however old I was, thirteen. I went out to a casino, and I was cutting across a lawn to get back to our motel, and I looked over and I saw a lady undressing. Mm. Uh, with the lights on. Well, that was a coming of age story. Here. Oh my God. I hid behind a tree and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then she didn't quite get all the way undressed and she moved to another room with a, a window that was higher <laughs> and the light was on there. So I was like, I got I to gotta climb this tree and get this, closer. By the way, this is young male, this is young male <laughs> problem solving abilities. It here. went from a gift <laughs> to I was a peeping top, like within one move on her part. And, uh, and, then, I, and then she moved to a, a third room and I was like, I got to keep following these rooms and I got right up to the house climbing into her window like a raccoon and then all of a sudden all the lights went on my god there's someone out there watching and I hauled ass like sprinted over a fence I got back to our hotel room where Harry was smoking his pipe and I was sure like the police were going to come anytime that naivete of the Mm -hmm. trouble you were going to get into or be falling anyway so this is this is all to say that um, Walter Matthau what a, a great actor I mean Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Now we've talked about Walter Matthau. Well, he had to be a great actor because you didn't have a lot of the other elements going for him. No, <laughs> well, he's charming. He's charming, but not classically uh, pretty man. Not oh, even at his best. No, he looks like a shoe. <laughs> he's a terrible looking man. <laughs> shoe with a nose. Now he'd done some strange, some weird things early on, like None But the Brave with with Kirk Douglas. He was mm-hmm. in Failsafe. Yes, as the professor. Yeah, he was um, good. He was great in that. He was too. in a little movie called Charade. That's the way mm-hmm. I want to pronounce it from now on. Charad. Charad with Charade. Cary Grant. So um, he often donned a mustache in the early days. Didn't help. God, I don't remember those. He was um, he was in a movie we Oof. reviewed called The Fortune Cookie, and yes, you yes. didn't like it. I liked it, but we both agreed that he was good in it. Oh, he's amazing. I mean, like here's the thing: that's what makes Failsafe such an interesting role for him because mm-hmm. it's just utterly serious. It's just yeah. I I can't buy him in it in, almost in a sense because yeah. he's so comedically a perfect. He's like a com- comedically his face is just a perfect vehicle. Oh yeah, for a comedy actor, he's. Um, yeah, he's an extension of a, kind of like Joey Brown in a way, but not as like mm-hmm. um, uh, clown like. Right. Yeah, right. just rubber facey. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so comedy roles are definitely were, were always sort of his forte. So, so he had then in the '60s like things like the Fortune Cookie, mm-hmm. and then um, he had like uh, the Odd Couple, which is a movie I'd like to do sometime. I really enjoy oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then like then I'm gonna say toward the end in the, in the <laughs> '90s, um, he was saddled with a lot of like um, just not very good movies. You know, just. Lisa at the, end, at, the end, at the end, he was old, and he, he, he was he, old. He no, embraced it. He embraced it. He did not. I've always admired like the Gregory Peck route. Like Gregory Peck, basically, he turned down shit tons of roles because he said, and I, he said basically, I don't want to be that old novelty guy. Yep. the guy who's basically who's, whose fundamental purpose in a movie is to be the old guy. Yeah, he just refused to do those kinds of movies. That's so if he ego, could find yeah. one, if he could find a movie with a with a part that could work with him, and he could get some, more, you know, it could be a good. He could act in that he would do that. But Matthew did not have that problem. Matthew did not follow that philosophy at all. So he, he ended up on fucking, you know, uh, what's it, Dirty? No, uh, that was well, a, he was in a movie called Hanging Up. It was his last movie, and it was with like Meg Ryan and Lisa Kudrow and mm. Diane Keaton. And it's not like a horrible movie; it's sentimental. But it's just like it's clearly nothing toward the end was his movie anymore. In any yeah, way, he right. was a vehicle. Yeah, but or, now, that, but the heyday of his, but the heyday of his yes. uh, being a star, yes. was the heyday of the ugly star. God bless him. Right. Well, so now we're talking about like you know, um, you know, Clint Eastwood. I guess it's not like a contemporary or anything, but like that era of. It's really it's really easy to talk about Clint Eastwood relative to the first the first Walter Matthau movie we're yeah. going to be talking about. So like the early seventies is really Matthau's like his moment where he was the star, not the yep. co-star. Mm-hmm. They weren't really comedies; they were kind of action dramas yeah, in a way, action thrillery sort of a things. Potentially, yeah. That, that yeah. great thing we talk about sometimes with a good the heist film, bleedy like, heist, uh, bleedy colors in a heist film. Yeah, yeah. Before, there's something about that era. And there's something about that era and just big fucking. Fuck you, cars! Yeah, with that weird, with, with, oh, with yeah. that bleedy color, and that we're talking Galaxy about. Galaxy five hundred LTDs. Fuck you in the road. Let's do this. You're yes, like, there's something about that era, and that was his era, right? And there. every every actor just for like a five year period had insane sideburns. Yes. <laughs> 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 we call that the groovy hair of the seventies, baby. Yeah. So we're talking about so so that's we're going to be kind of I think narrow in in this particular episode because we're talking about a film from nineteen seventy three and a film from nineteen seventy four. So the first mm-hmm. one we're talking about is nineteen seventy three is Charlie, Charlie fucking Varick. Well, I think you can sort of tell we like this film. I think you could tell that. Yeah, I think it's one of the great um, action films. I, I think, think it's, it's I think it's one of the great one of the great uh, heist action films. You know. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that go on in this movie that aren't quite you know quite. Put it this way: this movie has been ripped off, at least in two major motion pictures that I could think of. Yeah, I know you're going to say Pulp Fiction. There is that in the Pulp Fiction. No, That's the obvious. it really is. There's a couple of lines that are stolen. Okay, a particular line. You're right. Now that being said, there's a movie that came out. I want to say five six years ago, starring Denzel Washington. <laughs> Denzel Washington, cracker. Hit the cough button. <laughs> God damn it, Denzel Washington. Uh, and uh, oh, what the fuck's his name? Uh, the guy from um, Marky Mark's uh, little baby brother, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. What's uh, it called? Uh, it's called Two Guns. And at one point, they are forced to knock over a bank in Tres Cruces, Mexico, that's holding mob money. I mean, like they rip off. Oh wow, you're kidding me! I'm not kidding you. It's okay. like it's it, they they they're like they're like word for word. They read the fucking script and ripped off or homaged, if you will. Yeah, a big chunk of that movie from Charlie Varick. Yeah. So 
Charlie Varick. Go is, ahead. You give us a plot outline. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little. Uh, it's a little heist movie. Eh? Mm-hmm. Starts off. Uh, these uh, four. Uh, these four heisters are taking on a little bank in Tres Cruces, Mexico. Yep. Uh, the robbery itself kind of goes tits up. Goes pear shaped. Uh, one of them gets shot outright. Another one, the 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 wife of Charlie Varick gets wounded. She's the getaway driver. They get away. Yeah. Uh, with the with what they assume is going to be somewhere like really seven grand or fifteen grand from this bank or something like that. Well, uh, they get away. They get away to their hideout, crack open the money bag, and it turns out they're looking at like like three quarters of a million dollars. All right, now this bank is so far out of the so far yeah. out of the way. It's very obvious to Varick that it's uh, it's, it's something something's fishy because something there's no wrong. way a bank yeah nineteen seventy two or three is going to be holding that much money. Right. What's right. That's what, one of the reasons on? they hit that bank is because it's not gonna it's not gonna draw a lot of attention, right? right? Yeah. So, uh, despite, okay. So, anyways, um, and uh, at that point, we uh, we are we are introduced to Molly, who's played by John. Oh, so yeah, well, I feel like you're going very fast here. I kind of am. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So well, the, you we're don't mind. Ta- we're not taking a lot of breaks back because I also want to point out, like his um, uh, his partner in crime, the one. Basically, his wife dies out. Yep. They have to get rid. They have to get rid of her body, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's it's uh, Charlie Varick and what's the name of the actor? And it's killing me. I can't remember it right now. I can't remember either. He is one of the great fucking sort of character faces of this era of seventies movies. Wasn't he's, he in? Um, he's in. It, uh, wasn't he in the Wild Bunch too? Did I kill him now? No, that wasn't him. Okay, no, it, Sorry. but but he was in. Um, uh, Dirty Harry. He was certainly he was the uh, he was the villain. In Dirty oh, Harry. the psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. the, that's his remaining partner in crime. So, okay. yeah. Charlie Varick deduces that the money is probably from the mob. That it's a mob. It's a mob uh, attempt to to launder money. Wait, I still think you're going to. If you don't mind, I I I, I don't mean to interrupt your flow, but mm-hmm. but so like there's this great sort of situation where they're robbing the bank. They're in disguise. Mm-hmm. They they take the money. Um, a sheriff sort of like um, pulls up, right? And like and and I guess checks the plate randomly because they're, um, you know, that's what they did. It's a slow down, I guess. So so the, the, <laughs> let's just check these plates outside yeah. the bank. So it's three crosses, New Mexico. There's not much going on, right? There. So 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 the sheriff, the deputies are in the area. So their escape is sort of tenuous already, right? It's it's a classic sort of like getaway escape, like McQueen's getaway, where like uh-huh. it's bashing cars all over the place. And and I just want to, you've already mentioned it, but that that Varick's, um girlfriend or slash wife. wife. Um, gets shot and it's clear that she's not going to live. Right. So they um, abandon the car with her in it, take the money, mm-hmm. and then set like a timer so that the car will will explode in the mountains somewhere, and right. also provide a sort of distraction. Right. I, do, I don't know why. I just think that's important because it's like he already he already feels this. Varric already feels this intense loss. Like this was gonna. This of course. This is the classic trope. It was gonna be my, my last, last job. job. <laughs> um, with his wife there, and mm-hmm. he ends up losing his wife during the last job. Right. And I have to say this. Uh, this is one weakness of the film. <laughs> he takes it rather well. Yeah, well, he takes it rather stoically. Stoically, I, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. I like, I'd like to wonder, I think this is this is like one of the great differences. Like you couldn't get away with that today in a, in a today movie so because long, no man is a, right. No man is allowed to not cry in a situation like that. Like to yeah. be to be to 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 suck it in and like with like the good Irish way. Yeah, to just stuff that that pain down so, so that they get so when <laughs> so they get back comes to, out of your asshole as cancer <laughs> at some point. So when they co- they get back to his sort of trailer park, 
And of course, it has the obligatory old lady neighbor who's like always uh, like, there are nosy. men trying to molest me. <laughs> um, nosy coos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, he's a smart guy, so he figures out that there's something's up here. There's no reason we should have this much money. Right, and his right. partner, who's an idiot, is like, woohoo, yeah, a lot we'll, of money. We'll, so we'll I, buy me a lobster to comb my hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I throw it back <laughs> to you. A lobster just, to put on my steak. And I felt like it. those details were important. I just, so I go, I, I, so, <coughs> well, so you're I right. don't, but okay, I'm going to go with you on this one. This is fine. All right. All right. So then enter Molly. Joe Molly, Don Baker, yeah. Joe Don Baker, the world's least threatening, uh, terrifying hit, hit man. Basically. You're kidding me. I, I thought he was he, very uh, uh, menacing. I think he is too, and I have no idea why, because he's like he's super short. There's nothing particularly he's menacing about him. A really him, tall I think. man, by the way, just just to clarify. But, but he come, but he looks short. I don't know. It, it's something about That's the okay. cameras in this movie. I he just wow. doesn't look that imposing to me. Okay, okay. But he's got all the but he's got all the like great like he's got all the vocal mannerisms of a badass. Like he's got all that down. I just want to, I just want just to note physically that he's not he made that a important. movie called Walking Tall. Yeah, That's I how know. tall he is. Well, no, that's just called this camera <laughs> angle. That's called they drop the fucking camera on the deck and fix it. Super short man. Well, shut up. I don't Super know. I, I, he's just not physically intimidating. I don't you want know how a to tall get that, man. How you do I get that across to you? Would you please just succumb to your disease? Just please. Hey, fucking cracker. <laughs> gotcha. Anyways, um, so but uh, but he but, but he is man. He's got he's got the he's got like great fuck you villain lines going on in this movie. He is sent out to chase down uh, this money, mm-hmm. you know, and get it back at whatever the cost. So by the mob. By the mob. Yes, it's mm-hmm. a mob drop. Yeah, they hire him to mm-hmm. get the money back. Yeah, he's an independent contractor situation. So the rest of the movie is really what the cat and mouse situation. There's a, there's a triangle cat and mouse situation going on here. Okay, uh-huh. all right. One of them is uh, one of the triangles. Well, there's Charlie Varick. There's Molly, the the, uh, the hitman. And there's also uh, the director of the bank yep. who was supposed to be safeguarding the money and is being held responsible by the mob ultimately for its loss. Yep. So um, played play by I don't remember the actor's name. But if you see an Animal House, he's Dean Warner. Blutowski. But <laughs> zero point zero. zero. <laughs> yeah. Extra double secret probation. <laughs> Fuck. He's such a great actor. He's Fat, a, stupid and lazy. There's no way to go through life, son. <laughs> Just, oh, he's great. He's a great character actor. Hey, wait a minute. You're, <laughs> sorry, John. You're not, you're not, judged, you're judged you're by, not by a man long dead. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. So, <coughs> so there's this triangle. You're right. So there's the bank uh, owner who's under pressure from the mob because yes. he, the bank owner has, uh, you know, that's he, the drop. He told him, "Yeah, but let's use this bank because who's gonna yeah. who's gonna rob that bank?" And then suddenly, boom, they get and robbed. The mob, the, at the time during a short window when that money is in that bank, yeah. they get robbed. So it looks potentially an inside job. And then the mob, who's sort of like we we see the the sort of um, the long arm of the mob. Through Joe uh, Don Baker, Molly, yeah. mm-hmm. but also Honest John, this sort of um, yeah. a- Asian purveyor of ping pong and whorehouses. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a ping pong gambling whorehouse yes. situation, and he's just another adjunct to the mob. Yeah. He, he, like Molly's an independent contractor, and he swings in to, Joe, uh, to, to Honest John's place yeah. to pick up the envelope to figure yeah. out you know, who he's got to go, who do I got to kill next? And so, yeah. moving on there. So what? So what is it the, really, the film is about Matho's attempt to first give the money back. Right, he wants well, to give the money back. He wants to give the money back, but he knows, and ultimately, it's it it proves out that there's no way the mob has to make the example. Yeah, just to do that. So, so how does he get away? Well, he we're not going to tell you that. That's no, 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 no. That's the question. I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. yes, yeah. 
<laughs> Thank God you didn't go for that. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Uh, no, he's just, yeah. That that is ultimately that's that's what what is how is he going to get away with this? You know how do you how do you escape with the mob's money and escape the mob's vengeance? How time? how does Mathau forget getting away with the money and getting away with his life? How does, how does he get he... away with slinging his <laughs> slinging the... decrepit, jowly, liver spotted body? Into two <laughs> beds of ladies who are attractive in this film. That's why it's a great film yeah. of the seventies too. Oh, it gives oh, it gives it gives horrid men uh, hope. Of, but he of doesn't just a supermo- he, he doesn't just her. get lucky. He's suave. <laughs> he totally well, is. Walter Matthau is suave. Absolutely. My, one of the best lines in the movie, and this is a movie with a lot of great lines. Yeah. But uh, she's like, how many? Because she's got a right. It's the seventies, so he manages to. Uh, to seduce this young woman, yeah, and who's a model? She's yep. fucking hot, yeah, yeah. And gets into her house, uh, and she's got a round bed because again, it's the seventies and this yeah. shit happened, yeah. And so he's like, so she's like, how many points of the compass? He's like, we're gonna box the compass tonight, baby. Mathau says this, Walter Mathau. <laughs> yes, that's ridiculous. Oh, uh, that poor compass. I try. If you're, you know. If, uh, man, it's if like you're too tame. young to get anything about what we're saying, it's like if Jeff Sessions were a coxman, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I like it. I like it. I don't know if that helps or you could just go on to Google and then look up pictures. Yeah, of nineteen seventy-four Walter Matha. Yeah. Just imagining his his his. Oh man, his taint must have looked worse than a sump. So um, <laughs> the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, no, uh, no. Uh, remind me, who's the director on this one again? I don't know, actually. I want to. I don't know if it's anyone I know. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, it's Don Siegel, actually. Yeah, Don Siegel, director uh, of well, Escape from Alcatraz. Escape for from one. Well, sorry about that. <laughs> as well as Dirty Harry. Yeah. I mean, th- th- like this is a, th- there's he a classic a... look and feel he had to yeah, some of his true. movies, <clears throat> which was not in any way hurt by the fact that he had a lot of returning sort of characters in it. Yeah. One of my favorite sort of uh, one of my favorite sort of like I guess you call it Easter egg sort of character appearances in here is there's a cameo by the guy who played the captain on the Kane Mutiny in this one. Oh, that's right, Tom Tully. Yeah, Tom Tully Tom was a great Tully. character actor who had pretty much sort of worked. You know, he'd run through his yeah. career, and at this point, he was like he had like lost both of his legs, so he appears to in what here. like diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. Yeah, and he appears in this movie yeah. as uh, as one of the uh, sort of contacts to the underworld situation. He's like a one eyed amputee. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the guys who gets terrorized well, see, by, now, by little Molly. Well, Molly well, knocks Molly. him over in his wheelchair, oh, so he yes, is menacing. Yes, yes. Little Molly, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So, uh, to summarize, we really like this movie, but mm-hmm. there's really nothing you've heard from us so far that would indicate why. I don't think we. I mean, I think it's a movie you have to see. You do. I mean, yeah, it's, no, it's hard to describe why it's good. Yeah. No. No. You are absolutely right. And the the ending is very satisfying. And we're not yeah. going to tell you what that is. No, that's but uh, odd because Tom loves to give endings away. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But the more, uh, but, but but yeah, no. There's something about this movie. I, it's a great. It is a. It's a good movie. It's wow. such a goddamn good movie. <laughs> you took a left turn at Albuquerque in that sentence, my friend. Yeah, well, whatever. Well, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck you. What are you going to do about it? 1974 brought us uh, another great Walter Matthau film. I like this one I like too. To th- I like to think of it as a preview of a of a, of a great dental Washington. <laughs> you fuckface. Well, so so this film is actually I don't think as good as Charlie Varick, but I like it better. It's more enjoyable to me. Really? Well, because Charlie Varick's great. I mean, I, I really enjoy Charlie Varick, but this one is just like. There's you're not on the edge of you see just relax man it's definitely a, a very comfortable mm. fun movie it's got Robert Shaw in it mm. 
Black eyes <laughs> like a doll's eyes. Yeah. Uh, from uh, The Sting and, and Jaws. Uh, also, Jerry Stiller. Serenity now! Is he in there? George Costanza's father. Oh, plays, yeah. <laughs> plays Walter Matthau's partner. Hmm. Okay, so the, Martin the, Balsam. Martin Balsam, of course. Yeah. Great, great character actor. So we're talking about uh, 1974 is the uh, taking of Pelham 123. Yeah. Now, I'm gonna, I, I, here's the thing. I don't know if it's necessarily in a more enjoyable movie. I think it has more of a novelty effect on it because I haven't seen it nearly as much as I've seen Charlie Varick over the years. I don't know, but they did remake it. And there, there was, I can't think well, of a reason to remake it. You know, I, I'm really trying to be more open-minded about why you would remake a film. And there are... There are reasons. I try, and it's, so far I don't do very well most of the time. This is the one where I don't necessarily understand the reason at all. And also, change, you know, New York City in 1974 was a particular mm. beast. I mean, it was really um, this a was... dirty, dirty place to live and crime-ridden and everyone was paranoid. So, yeah. so that context is so different when you put it you know, in 2005 or whenever the other one was right. with John Travolta. This and... is when Death Witch made, made sense in a sense. Yes, it's you know, when like, death when like when punks were really a thing. Yeah, and this is not it just doesn't exist anymore. I'm just trying to like how many of these fucking remakes feature Denzel Washington. Now that I'm thinking about it, almost a cheering candidate. Yeah, a cheering candidate, Magnificent Seven. What the fuck? Yeah, God damn it! I think I think it's him. He's a good actor, but he does make that mistake. He, he is, and others, it, and he makes himself because he's such a good actor. I'm compelled to sometimes get be be be. Hmm. Want, I want to watch some of these movies, and I don't want to watch some of these movies. It bugs the shit out of me. It's like a pun. Tom's drunk, by the way. Uh, I turned to those, those half dead. We're, we're, really we're, we're praying. So, so um, oh, fuck yeah, I just got that. So uh, the premise is this, basically, is that Robert Shaw leads a group of, of four men in total um, who wear like a kind of like um, Groucho glasses mustache disguises. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're all known well, what as... what do you need? And this, by the way, is another Tarantino um, ripoff, I think, in a way. I mean, homage, <laughs> no, I guess. I think it is, yeah. Which is like, they're all, you know, Mr. Blue, Mr. Pink, right? They're all mm -hmm. known by a color. Yep. And they don't know each other. Robert Shaw knows them all, but they don't know each other. Right. By their real names. And so it's the perfect sort of, you know, autonomy or anonymity, I should, I should say. Right. Um, to rob a train. And their idea is that they will take the Pelham 123 line, which is a... Uh, New York subway. New York subway line and take one car and disconnect it from all the rest in the subway train <laughs> and, hold, and hold it uh, hostage. For, I don't remember. What I think it was like, like one million dollars. Something Get that pathetic. out of a fucking ATM today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, hold the city, so hold the uh, the car ransom and the yeah. city of New York ransom yeah. for one million dollars. That's, that's their, that's their goal. And, and, and uh, Walter Matha plays uh, like an MTA um, police officer, like yeah. a police officer for the subway line, essentially, right? right? So yeah, he, no, the, yeah, the MTA does have its own cops, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's one of them. Yeah. So so he's the one who sort of discovers it. He discovers it. It's some of the weird sort of like 1970s racist subplot. This is a group of Japanese like. <laughs> <laughs> engineers visiting. Well, they're, they're, they're Japanese. His equivalent over in the Japanese uh, sub subway system, right? The Tokyo yeah. subway. For some reason, subway. whenever I, I've seen this in like Mad Men, I've seen this in in, in movies and, and TV shows my whole life. Japanese businessmen hmm. show up for a few minutes, 
somebody says something awkward in English, and then only then do you discover that someone like the, the Japanese businessmen speak English too. Oh, we agree, and then the white people are humiliated <laughs> yeah. by having said something they yeah. didn't want heard. Well, that being said, this is a, this is an ongoing uh, joke throughout this entire thing, and that punchline doesn't laugh, land until like right at the end of the movie. Yeah, so right. it's a little more it's a little more drawn out, a little in more this disciplined, case. I suppose. Yeah, but really, so it's it's just that it's just it's the, ter- several things. Obviously, there's a tension between Robert Shaw. Um, leading this group of of sort of um, autonomous, merry, criminalish people, yes, yeah. um, who are holding this train and and the people on the train, including a cop who's undercover, right, um, on the train, um, who are terrified mm-hmm. between them and the negotiations with uh, Mathau, essentially, right, to return them. Um, so there's that sort of tension, but there's also the tension between Robert Shaw and at least one, possibly two. Of the three other henchmen, right? Who may not, who are probably not wrapped uh, too tight. Yeah, and so that that's a sort of problem. The discipline between the gangsters on the train. Right. Then you have um, uh, the mayor who's deathly ill, almost as ill as I am at this moment. Um, who somehow has to make the whole thing work out in a in a PR fashion? Like, do right. you you know you have to sort of pay the money? You know, ultimately, knuckles under, <laughs> of course, severely. And just give them the money. Let but, the punks rule the streets. But so so one of the things is Martin Balsam, who plays the kind of like the 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 only henchman under Shaw who is sort of sane. Yeah, yeah. Um, was um, once an MTA worker, right? Who ran these subway trains? He's retired now. Or maybe he's just so he's the guy who, no he got no he got like uh, he got caught in a drug bust or something like that I don't remember but but he understands how they operate so right. he designed this this way to keep a train moving in a way that is deceptive to right. to those following it on the the ultimate sort of Christmas light size of a wall computer back at the right. MTA station. <laughs> now, I do want to back up uh, just a little bit here because I think there's something you're also missing, which is there's some really neat sort of procedural elements to it as well. Okay. Walter yep. Matthau, you know, uses, basically starts using like subtle clues that the these guys are giving him yeah. to sort of begin to deduce who they might be, who they are or who they might be. Right. So he does, he, he eventually, he eventually cops to, you know the the balsam character, like one of them has to have worked for yes. the MTA at some point. So it's kind of neat to watch that as well. It's, it's got, great because at one point I'm going a little out of order, but at one point they go like from house to house, uh, like like with a list of, of former MTA workers right. trying to find out. And it's like everyone who answers the door who's not Martin Balsam is obviously <laughs> like like a, a guy with like it's just like a head on a cake plate. Well, it's not this guy. Like just, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like a, a man with no Palmer. tongue. Well, he couldn't. Have, <laughs> You know, issued the death threat. Yeah, so, yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's, so that's kind of cool. although what's really also very funny in this movie is ultimately not a lot of this police work. Doesn't, this police work doesn't ultimately do much. No, in the in the in the course of the movie, it really is. It's it's a it's a movie that is an excuse for two things: for Walter Matthau to have some screen time where he's just Walter Matthau-ish. Oh yeah, Matthau and then like a like a fucker. And then the tension in the train. Yeah, and everything else is sort is sort of superfluous and and you know and, and there's thrown a, in and there. There's a really good sort of dynamic going on between the two leads. Yeah. Oh, with, with Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw who, and Walter who don't Matthau. see each other but once toward the end of the movie. Yeah. But but and that's really interesting to have two leads who actually aren't in the same place ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But but who hold the screens and hold the whole thing together at the same time. Yeah, and I know this this makes us sound like old fucks, but I don't know. This movie's tense. It, it, I mean, it's mm-hmm. I mean, it's as good as it's going to be. And I don't I don't really understand the remake for this. Mean mean meaning this. Yeah. It's not a it's not a great great movie. 
No. But it's pretty good and it's entertaining. It's and super, I don't know how you can take that premise and that yeah. story and make it better. It's super competent. Totally competent. It's, movie. it's this is some some seriously competent fucking movie making. Yeah. And I see and I have seen uh the, the, the remake and it didn't add a goddamn thing to it. Yeah. It didn't change anything. It didn't change anything sufficiently to make it. The only thing they did was they had like Travolta go overact. That was it. That's the one thing that that thing had. That... You like John Travolta? John Travolta? Yeah, yeah. I I can. <laughs> I I can. I don't like him in this instance. No, I want to like him a lot. I mean, I, I want. I mean, as an actor, as a person, there's something very likable about him. Yeah. He just makes some some very bad movies. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. And he's made some weird life choices, and, and he's paying those consequences with some of his bad movies. You think you know? so? Oh, well, Not Battleship, yeah, Battleship, Battleship, Battlefield, is, Battleship Field Earth, whatever yeah, it is, that, is that the classic example. But. Yeah, uh, he has. He, but at the same time, he's also had a remarkable fucking career, man. Saturday Night Fever is a great movie. He's come, he's come dude. Fucking great. He's, he has, he's had like two or three. You want to talk about? It, he's had like basically two or three regular human. Um, Careers in yeah. Hollywood, man. Yeah, yeah. Saturday Night Fever and the Sweat Hogs. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. He's just a fucking. He just gets revived every. Don't once forgive any Barbarino. What? Huh. Where? Yes. Yeah. That thing. Anyways, but the yeah, so how do we? Oh God, how do, how we, do get we from there to there? Oh, I don't know. So, all right. So we're giving a big thumbs up to uh, to Charlie Varick for Charlie sure. Charlie Varick. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a. I mean, it literally is a classic in a cult sense movie. Yeah, but I also keep I, I keep saying action, but it's like I, it's such a fucking I'm such Slow a jizz bucket cliche movie. slinger here when I say this, but it's like um, a thinking man's action film. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a thinking man's action film because they, they'll, they'll put in a, like there'll be a car chase, but there are going to be four car chases in this goddamn thing. I mean, oh wow, I you couldn't hear me through that cracker. Um, but there were like oh, there weren't like four car chases, and there aren't like crazy jump cuts. They're like an actual. I gotta fucking hate to say that, man. It's no way of saying the shit and not sounding like an old man, but like yeah. Bullet is the greatest car car chase of all of time in yeah, any fucking movie. Yeah. And it's horribly flawed if you're paying attention oh, totally. to it. But it's so much better. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen The Rock's car chase. Uh, that was like one of the most painful car chases I've ever seen. In you a mean movie. the movie The Rock? The movie The Rock, yeah. I uh, know. It's just like, it just it just hurts your eyes to watch this goddamn yeah. thing. And again, there I go. I'm fucking old. You know? It's too fast and too loud. Yeah, that's it's what too it is, loud. There's too much noise. There's too many oh. jump cuts. And he's holding the camera with his hand. I like a car God chase sake. where you have to put a, pull a crank out and crank the car up to get it going. Oh, oh that rumble seat is oh, I don't even I'm not sure what a rumble seat is. Yeah, I'm just oh, saying go, things that sound old now. <laughs> Let's get in the fliver, shall we? Yeah. So more Walter Matthau. Can you think, by the way, I don't Walter Matthau is a guy like I don't know if we're going to do another episode on him or not, but I'm going to say this: um, one that two films that weren't in our episode, but that are of the same ilk, are um, a movie called The Laughing Policeman from uh, 1973. Fuck, with, I could do I could talk the shit out of that goddamn movie. And another one called Hopscotch from 1980 hmm. with he and Ned Beatty. I remember that great mm. movie. Oh, okay, all right. okay. All right. Oh, fuck, dude, you just reminded me. I'm going to watch that again. All right. Um, so any business, Tommy? Um, yeah, come check me out on uh, TomSmithComedy.com uh, if you want to catch a show. Um, we always join us, Finley's on Film, on Patreon, as well as on iTunes. Come rate us, uh, give us, you know, leave us a comment of some kind. Um, that's pretty much it. You got anything there, Daniel? No, I got nothing. If I'm alive next week, we'll see you next week. If you're alive next week, God, oh, God damn it. Okay. Good night.